No, no, no. She's not a medical doctor, but she can sure cure your tax problems or your financial woes. She's the how-to girl. It's the Dr. Friday Show. If you have a question for Dr. Friday, call her now, 737-WWTN. That's 737-9986. So here's your host, financial counselor and tax consultant, Dr. Friday. G'day, I'm Dr. Friday, and the doctor is in the house. And are we having fun this season? I will tell you, tax season, of course, has officially, I guess you would say, has opened. But since the IRS is not processing any forms until after February 12th, we are just accumulating them in a holding period until the IRS starts opening up e-file. But obviously, we are getting them completed, making sure that we have everything we need, as well as don't forget, some people get so excited about coming in. I know we're excited, people. What can I say? But you know, sometimes the mortgage statements, I know unemployment, the 1099Gs, according to the uh, Department of uh, Labor, they weren't going to be putting them out until as late as uh, February 2nd. So, you know, you have time to get all your documentation together and make sure we have it all so we can complete the tax returns uh, 100% the way they are. Also remember that it's a little tricky with the $300 um, extra charitable contribution. So if you, if you, if you don't qualify for itemizing, but yet you gave more than $300 to charity, make sure at least in our system, we have to complete the schedule a, even if you're not itemizing, and then it will roll over that additional 300. If you don't complete that, it will not, there's no place to put it in. It's rolling over from the schedule a, at least again, in our software. So that way we have that information uh, you know, you don't want to leave any money on the table because a lot of people do give to charity, but they're not getting enough to be able to get the, uh, you know, the rest of the view or, or whatever they have. So just uh, if you have charitable contributions, maybe you only did $100, $200, whatever it might be, then you have what it takes to do what you need. So if you've got questions, you can certainly join the show, 615-737-9986, 615-737-9986. And, mate, I can't see the screen, so if there's someone calling, I'm going to need you to either tell me or update the screen here um, so that way we can see. Uh, but, oh, there you go. And we've got callers on the line. You've been a busy boy in that studio, haven't you? All right, go ahead and hit the first one. It looks like Bob. Go for Bob. Or whichever. I don't care. Hey, Bob, what's happening? Dr. Laura, good to talk to you. Yes. Hey, I have a question for you. There's been a lot in the news lately about proposed tax uh, changes by the Biden administration, one of which Mm -hmm. is to eliminate the step-up in basis on inherited property. Right. And what I wanted to ask you, are there any strategies that someone could take on right now to possibly get around that later on? For their heirs down the road? I mean, the, the alter, I mean, nothing that we are talking a lot about that too. And I find it hard to believe because that wasn't even something that was actually put into, you know, from the Trump administration, we've had the step up in basis for a long time. Uh, yeah. but I know they're trying to find ways. I mean, they're spending trillions of dollars and they're needing to find ways to get that money back into their pockets. And so they're eliminating things that doesn't make sense since you, you know, you throughout your life, you paid tax on that property wasn't a tax deduction in many cases. So in answer to your question, there, there is some that they're working on, but uh, we one-on-one, I mean, obviously there's the ability to uh, possibly sell the property and have the person that is owner uh, to 
to go ahead and, and report a sale so that the step up is already going up, but that's going to cost talk, nothing right now that's going to completely save you in tax dollars. You cannot gift or um, move it without somebody paying the taxes. The question will be, will the taxes be lower now? Go ahead and move the property, sell it to the kids, whatever, so that it's been reported and there's a higher income, or do we wait in, until after we pass away? It's always been better to let your children inherit because of the step up in basis, but stay tuned on that one. As soon as we know more about what they're actually considering not to allow, because there's also conversation that it may just be on real estate, but not on stock. And there's others, you know, so answer your question, Bob, I think we're just going to have to keep rolling with the punches until we really know what they're going to get passed, because I think that's going to have a huge effect on some of the markets when you consider without the step up in basis. Yeah. So, so theoretically, you, you, could you sell it to a child, to one of your children today and establish a new basis for them and then take the, um, the one-time capital gain exemption that, that's there already? Is that, would that be? If you sell it to your children, you're not allowed to take that exemption because oh, okay, they're okay. saying, well, so I think you would have to sell it into a trust or something and then get a yeah. lifetime estate. And this is, again, okay. winging the conversation a little bit, but there would be some possibilities of doing just what you were saying, in essence, getting it, paying the, the, the parents or whoever owns the house, paying the tax. So that way when the children get it, it's already at a higher basis than the basis that, I mean, some people have owned their properties for 30 and 40 years. They have very little basis left in those homes compared yeah. to the yeah. current prices. Okay. All right. Let me ask you another real quick question. Uh, my 2019 taxes, the IRS sent me a letter in October and had a, needed more information, and I sent it to them through the mail. And mm -hmm. they've not processed that 2019 return. It's a real easy return. Right. Uh, are they behind? Are they behind handling paper uh, processing? Way behind. Way behind. Okay. I mean, we're talking okay. what used to be 30 days is now 90 days. What used to be 60 days, 180 days. Yes, I know they're trying to catch up, but we still have tax returns that were mailed in October, not processed. You know, okay. I mean, they okay. were mailed on time with extension, still not showing up in the system. Okay, so best advice is just wait it out. Wait it out as long as you have proof that you sent it and that they received it. If yeah, not, go ahead and resend it. But if you do, just wait it out right now. Okay, perfect. I appreciate Thanks, your Bob. help. No problem. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, let's go ahead and go all the way up to uh, Andrew. Looks like he's been on the longest. Andrew. Dr. Friday, thank you. This no worries. checking account. The main person that owns the checking account put a second name on there just in case they would need to write a check, wouldn't be able to, such as that. That is not a relative. That main checking account person has passed away. Uh, there is a relative that is 100% beneficiary in the will. The question is, the person that was put on there, the non-relative, was put on as survivor. Does mm -hmm. that person own the checking account, and can they, because they feel they shouldn't have the money, deposit that money into the account of the person who is the beneficiary of the will? Wow. Okay. Yes. And that's, you know, I understand exactly what you're saying. I, I want to put a little caveat. I'm not an attorney, but um, I've handled closing estates a couple different times. And my answer to that is theoretically, the person that was the friend that was put on the account, maybe just to basically cover things in case, because maybe they were the closest person in that situation, that money is theirs. I mean, if it was left to the account, it's usually jointly held. So the person still living would be the inheritor of that account. 
um, they can gift that money. I don't know how much money we're talking about. It may require a gift tax return. But since the money in that bank account is not taxable, making the assumption that whatever income went in there was already taxed before it went in, then they could physically gift all of that to the person that they feel was rightfully supposed to inherit that money. Okay, it's less than $10,000. Then then they can do it without having to file a gift tax return. So, so as can, long as there's, yeah, they can just write a check, deposit it, and that's under the 15000 Anyone can give anyone that. So it would then, you know, be null and void as far as they're doing what they feel is right. Oh, excellent. Okay, one more quick question. I'm on Social Security. Total income was 25900 Do I have to pay taxes? Is that including your Social Security, the 25900 That's correct. How much of it was Social Security? 238 Okay. Yeah, no, you won't have to unless you haven't received all of your stimulus. And if you have not received it, you'll want to file a 2020 no matter what. But if you have, then you do not need to file a tax return unless, unless the income was 1099 meaning yeah, like self-employment. I got to 600 already. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. No worries. Thanks, mate. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. And if you guys want to join the show, if there's a question here you want to ask, you can call 615-737-9986. And let's do it real quick. Let's go up to Drew. Hey, Drew, what's happening? Hello, Dr. Hello, Dr. Friday. Thank you for taking my call. No worries. I've got, I've got a question about the home office uh, uh, deduction. Mm-hmm. My wife was sent home back in March. Uh, to work from home am i still are we still eligible for that or will we is there something that we can claim other than that it's a great question and i will be asked that a lot during tax season i have a feeling and the answer is right now under the current tax law if your wife is on a w-2 you have no place to claim a home office only self-employed individuals working under 1099 or self-employed period can claim a home office. All the individuals that worked from as early as mid-March to the end of the year, so almost the entire year at the home office, there is no place at this point uh, for that on the tax return. Well, that sucks. I know, I know, and I've been, that's the exact <laughs> response I get a lot of because they're like, well, my electric bill went up, my utilities went up, um, and yeah. there is no additional. I think the hope was at some point that maybe – Bosses would give small amount of raises for those inconveniences, but you know that didn't happen. So, um, yeah, so at this point, nothing you can do, bud. Okay, thank you, Dr. Friday. No worries. All right, let's hit the last one real quick. So, I don't think Kim, what's happening, Kim? Hey, I've just got a question about uh, I was fortunate enough to receive the PPP program, okay, it's been forgiven. Do I claim that as it is that something I claim as income? Nope, because in the whole conversation, you was forgiven. So even if it hasn't yet, because some clients um, I'm dealing with haven't received the first PPP loan forgiveness. Either way, it's more like, I guess, as simple as more like a gift um, as far as there's no taxable income to report and you can write off the expenses that they offset in my, you know, in, in most people's, their payroll, right? right. Um, so yeah. it's not income to you and it's not going to report anywhere on your tax return. Perfect. All right. Thanks so much. No worries. Great question. Thank you.
Bye-bye. All right. So we're going to take a quick break here in just a second. But if you do want to join the show, you've got a question. Remember, there are no silly or stupid questions because if we don't know the answer, the best thing to do is ask the question. If I don't know the answer, we'll get it. But all you have to do is pick up the phone, 615-737-9986, 615-737-9986. We'll take your calls, answer them as we get back from this break. We are back here live in studio. I am an enrolled agent licensed by the Internal Revenue Service to do taxes and representation. So at least if nothing else, I will get you on the right track. And, and so better to ask the question now than to file your taxes and then deal with IRS if it's wrong. All right, let's go right to the phone lines. Let's see what Bill has to say. Hey, Bill. Hey, how are you? I got a question. You, you got unemployment checks from the state of Tennessee, and then you got your stimulus money, too. You got to pay taxes on the stimulus money. Was the, Have you applied for forgiveness on your stimulus? No. I didn't know so, how to do that. Well, whoever's doing your taxes might be able to help you. It's open. You need to file for forgiveness. And the answer is most likely no, because a lot of times the stimulus only covered like 13 weeks. I mean, the um, unemployment covered like 13 weeks or so, and I don't know your situation. And then the stimulus covered up to 2.5 is what most people got the money for, but you could have spent it within 24 weeks. So as long as the total amount offset your income, you probably can get forgiveness. Now you'll pay tax on the unemployment because it's okay. taxable. It's not forgivable, but I would definitely, whoever you got the loan through, I don't know who that was, but you might want to try to contact them and ask them what the forgiveness package is. It's pretty straightforward. And as long as you wrote checks, your business is still in business. There's a way of getting forgiveness, most likely. All right. Thank you so okay. much. No worries. Thanks, mate. All right. I love it. The phone lines are lighting up, keeping my boy busy in the studio. Not like he doesn't have a million things to do. All right. Let's go ahead and hit Mike before you get the next line. Hey, Mike. How's it going? It is going great. How about yourself? Uh, going pretty good. Uh, cool. I had a quick question for you. Uh, so I do, I drive vehicles for, uh, it's a company we deliver all over the United States. Uh, generally, I end up getting a 1099 at the end of the year. Uh, I have to cover all the expenses, fuel. Um, sometimes I stay overnight, uh, flights, that kind of stuff. I have to prepay all that. Uh, they mm -hmm. just send me a 1099. What all... Can I write off against that 1099? Can I write off mileage, the fuel, you know, obviously so, expenses? Right. Anything it takes for you to do your job is basically the best definition I can give you. So if they're using your cell phone to contact you, a portion at least of the cell phone may be tax deductible. Obviously, okay. the wear and tear on the vehicle, are they providing you the vehicle or is yep. it your vehicle? Yep. Uh, I, I take my vehicle to a location, pick up a vehicle that they supply, drive it somewhere, uh, either fly back or pick fly up back or whatever, and then back. pick up another vehicle. Okay, so the wear and tear on your vehicle to to the first pickup would would be possibly a tax deduction, um, and then the re of course the rest of the wear and tear is on their own vehicles. Now you're still putting petrol possibly in the vehicle that you're driving. Yep. 
Um, so you'll have to keep actual receipts on those since you don't own the vehicle, you're going to have to use actual. And I would definitely keep a calendar of where you're going with each of them, if that's possible. And you may have some yeah, receipts absolutely. or whatever you have. So something you could justify this fuel receipt was for the delivery of this car kind of thing. Um, and then you have, you know, any, if you're spending the night, because again, you're going out of town to do these things, lodging, food, um, there may even be a small per diem for incidentals, but anything like that would be what I'm suggesting. Yes. And I may be missing okay. things, but yeah, everything awesome. and anything you could think of that takes for you to get that car there. Gotcha. That's kind of what I need to know. I appreciate your help. No problem. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate the Thank phone you. call. Thank you. Thanks. Yes, Bye. All right. Let's go to Rob. Let's see what Rob's going to have to say. Hey, Rob. Hey, how are you? I am awesome. What's going on? Yes, if a family member is going to give you some property, how is it taxed? So if a family member is going to give you property, it would be um, gifted to you at the value that the family member has into that property, if that makes sense. So you're not going to get the step up in basis unless you're going to buy it at fair market value and do it through a regular closing. But if they're just going to gift you a piece of property, then it's, it's not, I mean, for your side, not taxed at all. The person receiving a gifted, whatever it is, is never going to be taxed. If it's worth more than $15,000 or 30, if it's a husband and wife giving it to you, they will be responsible for a gift tax return that most likely still would have a zero tax under the current laws. Uh, but they would need to report you know, the, the value they have into it and gift it. And then your basis is the same value that they had into it. So if you ever decide to sell it later, let's say this property is worth $30,000. Even if it appraises for 130, you would still only have a $30,000 basis. Okay. This, this kind of makes sense. farm uh, was about 60 acres and it was, uh, it's going to be third generation. So they gave $8,000 for it back in the forties. Okay, but then it, if it's a third generation, someone inherited it. Yes. Or is the you know that person would have gotten what the gentleman had called earlier a step up in basis. So at the time they inherited that property, that whatever the property was worth at that time would be what the current basis is. And I don't know how many generations. If you're the third, you got grandpa, dad, and then you, or whatever essence of those yes, steps correct. are. Um, so, you know, they paid 8000 originally. Then when the then the next generation, whatever it was worth when they inherited would be the basis that the third generation would be inheriting it at, assuming that they're not going to, if they're just going to gift it to you, it would be that basis. Does that make sense okay. a little bit? And if not, you might yeah. want to get you know, an attorney or an actually a real estate person that can pull up the basis is all the way along from the time that it started maybe and get, get an idea of what the current, what the basis was when the person inherited, if they don't know that number. Yes, I understand. And with that being said, there's, what is the $11 million gift, uh, lifetime mm -hmm. gift? Is that? That's, that's what we actually have, but you can't gift something valued higher than what the basis is when it's coming to gifting. So even if the farms are worth, let's just say the farm's worth $10 million, but the person that wants to give it to you only inherited at a hundred thousand, they would actually have to pay the tax between the hundred thousand and the million, okay. which would be a huge tax. Um, and normally when you're gifting the, the idea is he, this person's going to gift it for their basis over. Otherwise they can get an appraisal and sell it to you for that dollar amount and, 
theoretically gift that sale to you, but they would have to then pay tax on that difference for the step up in basis. Someone's got to pay it. If, if it's not coming through, like the gentleman said, if that person dies and you inherit it, then you would get the automatic step up in basis under the current tax law. But since they're doing it before their death, they're eliminating that basis that's allowed. Okay. I completely understand. Thank you okay. so much. Cool. Thanks, Rob. Appreciate it. All right. Bye-bye. All right. If you have a question and if I haven't confused you on all of that, please feel free to give us a call at 615-737-9986. 615-737-9986. Taking your calls. Meanwhile, don't forget for all of you, because a lot of self-employed individuals, I have found out that were qualified to obtain a PPP-1 personal payment of uh, the 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 loans that are going out that the gentleman called on. And there is two. There's a PPP-1 and a PPP-2. Um, if you never applied for the first one because you didn't think you qualified because all you ever heard about was the fact that you had to have payroll, which, of course, self-employed people that own their own business don't have payroll in the traditional world. But on the PPP-1, whatever you paid tax on on the Schedule C, was your payroll. You paid self-employment tax. You paid income tax, just like an employee. So that would be the direction you want to go. So if you did not actually get uh, the first PPP, it is open for you to get it now. And again, that is the one. It, it, I mean, they're both theoretically forgivable, but that is the direction you're going to want to go. So if you haven't, you might want to look to see if it applies in your situation. So all, you know, again, you know, I think it's important that you, um, you know, if, if your business is hurting, that you really need the money, it's out there and you can use that money to help pay for payroll for this year, help pay for expenses this year so that you can keep your doors open because some businesses are getting to that verge of what's coming up. You know, I mean, you know, we don't know what's happening and it's still creating a lot of issues. So we're going to keep that going and making sure they have it. All right, boss, if you have a second, why don't we go ahead and hit number one? And that's uh, David. Hey, David, what can I do for you? Hey, how are you doing, Dr. Friday? I am doing awesome. Um, I've got a question. Um, you see, now this year for our stimulus, I've got I've got a wife. We filed married filing jointly. And I have a 17-year-old son and an 18-year-old daughter. Um, for the stimulus check this time around, um, we, I got a total of $900, and that was it. It just seemed like half of what my wife was supposed to get, and then uh, you know, 600 for myself, and then nothing else. And I was wondering if I, if I was supposed to be getting more, and if if so, is that something that I can bring up with my tax preparer about have that kind of uh, right. So the kids, obviously, because they're 17 and older, are not going to get any stimulus. Now, if they're in college, that's one thing. The one sounds like you don't even be in high school at that age. Don't ask why, but the tax law stops at the age of 16 for them. But I'm going to make the wild guess on your 19 tax return, you made as a joint couple around 150 gross. I don't, you don't, you know, yes or no, but that's the reason you wouldn't get. If that's not the case, because this is going to be based, David, on your 2020. So I don't really care what happened yeah. on your 19. When yeah, you put in like your 2020, you're going to actually, there's a question that's going to be asked. Did you get the first stimulus, which would have been 2,400, depending on when your child changed age, you might have gotten 600 for the youngest one. Um, 
So, you know, whatever that number, and then they're going to ask about the second, you should have gotten 1200 as a married couple. If you only yeah. got nine, that extra 300 would come on your uh, tax return as part of the refund. Um, okay. But, you know, it just depends on if your income is going to be over 150 or not, because if it is, it's going to means test it out. You know, they're going to give you less. Right. Okay. Yeah. It won't be over 150. Okay. So if it's not, then they'll give it to you on your tax returns. And any tax preparer should be asking, because it's one of the questions we have to ask, have you received right. the first, how much, how much, you know, and they should automatically get that uh, in there. So yes, you can get your refund, the additional refund on you and your wife, at least on that one. Okay. I'll All right. I appreciate the call. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you. Bye-bye. All right. And what do we got for Jane? Hello, Jane. What's happening? Hi, Dr. Friday. How are you? I am doing pretty good. Okay. My question is about an IRS tax lien. Okay. That was on a piece of property that I jointly owned with my spouse. We divorced. In that divorce settlement, I quit claim deed the property to him. He is making payments on that lien. Am I still responsible, or how do I get myself clear of that lien? Well, in theory, there's no easy answer, Jane. You are responsible <laughs> because the okay. IRS doesn't care what happened in a divorce. I can't right. tell you how many times I've had people come in and say, here's the divorce papers, and this person's supposed to pay off the tax debt and you know, in exchange for this or whatever it might have been in the situation. The IRS is whoever we can get the money from is who we're going to get it from because at the time you both filed a joint return for whatever tax, right. you know, situation. So right. there's no easy way. As long as he's in a payment plan with the IRS, he's complying, right? I mean, and, and they won't come after you or anything else. As long right. as there's a legitimate payment plan and one of the two people are making the payment that the IRS expects against that, you're safe, but there's no way of removing the lien until it's actually paid off okay. or at least paid down, you know, under 25,000. Sometimes you can get um, a lien removed if it's against your credit, but as far as against the property, well, I guess you don't really, I mean, as long as your name's off it, you don't care, care if it's property. against the property or anything else. Right. But the government's like, we're holding on to everything we can because something could happen and they won't get their money. So they're using the property as the main lien holder. But in essence, they're going to keep you and him tied to that until they get it paid in full and truth. Okay. So there's no way to get it off of my credit. Not Basically. really. How long do you have any idea? I mean, what years we're looking at? Uh, I think it started in 2017. So yeah, like seven. And I mean, I'm, 17 I'm and not 18. Sure how long or, it was to go? Yeah. Or is the tax year that the problem was 2017? It's 2016. Yes. Oh, 2016. Okay, so 2016 right. was the year. So one way or the other, in 2027, <laughs> it will be gone, Jane. <laughs> or oh, okay. you know, good. I mean. You know, he, he may get it paid down. I don't know how big it is, but if it gets down to less than 10, normally if he's been on electronic draft automatic payment with them for more than right. 90 days and it's under $10,000, there's almost always a chance of getting that removed from your credit, either of you at that point, because it shows that he's got the intent. It won't remove it from the property, but from your name, you probably could get that uh, taken Correct. care of. But again, I don't know how much it is and how long he's paying, or if he's just writing a check every month, that doesn't, um, they, they have to have it as an auto draft to get it set up that way. Well, it is set that way. Okay. So, so say everything is working right and he's got it down below the 10,000. How do you get it off yep. of your credit? 
you just um, you want to send a request to the IRS under a wave release, uh, a, um, a lien release. Um, I think it's a six thousand. Um, looking it up as I babble here. Um, there's a form you can download and just request okay. a release. Um, okay. So that way you can. Here we go. IRS. Uh, let's see what form that is. It is. I'm sorry. I'm so way off. One two two seven seven. So if you Google form 12277, it's pretty straightforward. It's going to ask you what the lien is, et cetera, et cetera. Fill it in and see if they will take it off and probably take it off both of them. But you can just do it in your name. All right. Thank you very much. I do appreciate no your problem. help. No problem. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh -huh, Bye-bye. All righty, we're going to take our second break. If you want to join the show, you can easily enough. Pick up your phone, 615-737-9986, 615-737-9986, and we'll be right back with the Dr. Friday Show. All righty, we are back live here in studio. And if you want to join us, all you have to do is pick up the phone, 615-367-0819, 615-367-0819. Let's go ahead and go right to the phones and see what Jim has to say. Hey, Jim, what's happening? Well, there's a lot going on. I'm trying to, I'm so totally confused. Uh, every time I get a letter from the government, it's like, I have no idea what the hell they're talking about, but I got a letter on my Irma, okay? Okay. Uh so they took my Medicare, which I hope I hope, I'm gonna just educate people to know this because I wasn't aware of it. But my taxable income went up significantly because I had 1099s from a casino. So they whacked my Medicare from 144 to 386 for me and my wife for a year. I tried to explain to them by a letter that that was a one-time possibility of happening would be never and never, and they really don't care. They whacked me the penalty anyway. And now, if I want to repeal it, appeal it, they said I got to send them my tax forms. I got to go to court. I'm going, for God's sake. I said, this is just like, they're just trying to bury in paperwork. I have no idea what to turn or where to do it or what to do. It's just, it's just kind of confusing because I'm not working. It's not an income. And I tried to explain to them it's not earned income, it's luck. And it's, I'm just con totally confused. Right. And I'm going to be honest with you. Um, and it's almost two years by the time you actually do the mathematics. It's something that a lot of us have kind of had a lot of argument because sometimes somebody will sell a piece of real estate that they have inheritance. You know, these aren't earnings. These are things that happen once in a lifetime in most people's cases. Um, there are ways of repealing it, but I'm going to be straight out honest, unless somebody that listens to this show has had a lot of success through this. I've never had a successful situation where I've gotten it repealed. And we've tried some pretty different situations and we've never yet. So I, I know exactly what you're talking about. And it's very painful because when you have a fixed income, you know, and someone's now taking two or three hundred dollars each out of your, you know, your retirement, that's something that is just really hard to deal with. So I don't have a perfect answer for you on that, but, um, I know what you're saying. And like I said, there is supposedly, if you go to medicare.com or whatever, there's appeal process, but I have never yet successfully won an appeal on it. Here's the question. I, you know, because they, they don't, their offices aren't open. First of all, they're all working from home. You know what I mean? Yep. And so it's like talking to your hand gives you about as much satisfaction, but, but I talking to them, I said, this is not an income. 
you asked for life-changing events. I gave it to you. I told you what the deal was, but yet you said no. I said, right. so I'm not quite understanding where you're coming from other than you're burying me with paperwork, which is going to cause me to go to a lawyer, which would just cost me more money. I was just, I'm just totally frustrated with the whole situation. I don't know what right. to do anymore. Well, so um, I mean, it, theoretically, they say it's for 12 months, but I have found out again from dealing with it for my clients that they do a full year after you filed the tax returns and when you refile the, the following year. So it seems like it's closer to like 18 months um, that, that you're actually penalized for that transaction or for that situation is only thing I can tell you, um, you know, I'm not being a lot of help on this one because I really don't have a good answer. I know exactly what you're saying, but unfortunately there's not a way of getting around it that I know of. And again, if there is someone listening that has had a lot of experience or some experience on this, I think there's a lot of people listening that would like to know the answer. Cause I would be one because <laughs> I've, I've tried several cases and I've never yet won. I think the most disheartening thing is, is watching what they're doing with our money now with these stimulus programs and giving them all over the world. Mm -hmm. And they're penalizing me. And I try to explain to them. I took out of my 401k, which I worked for for 45 years and paid Medicare, Medicaid tax. And now you're taxing me again on the tax that I've already paid tax. I know. No answer. I know. It just, no answer. Talking they don't. Yeah. It's talking yeah. to the wall. And I, you know, yeah. people that work there, I understand you're following whatever rules, but the, they don't have yeah. a very good self-explanatory situation. So unfortunately, I'm glad you called just to kind of let other people know that they're not the only ones in that boat. But on the other hand, not a whole bunch I can do to help because there isn't a system that I have found yet that says, hey, follow these steps and you too can have this happen. But, so you know. Me, so as a conclusion to this, you know, they, after I wrote this letter to them, appealing it because I didn't believe what they were doing to me. I tried to explain to them this is a one-time thing, da-da-da. So to go to the next process, which is a lot more paperwork, so really what you're saying is I'm better off to watch paint dry. Is that pretty much what you're saying? From my experience, yes. I'm, I mean, I never got, give up, it. keep trying. But from my experience, I think you're going to go through a lot of it and find out that they're still not going to waive that um, increase until the next year you follow, uh, file, and then submit that as fast as possible and then make that, you know, so that they can get in their system and start reducing it. Yeah. So I appreciate okay. your honesty because hey. it's a lot of people, a lot of stuff to do. And if yeah. I'm just beating a drum to death, there's no point in me doing it. And that's kind of what I was figuring. Cause I got a stack of papers going there. And it's like, geez, they just yeah. whacked $400 from me and 400 from my wife. So we lost $800 off of our social security, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry about um, that. Um, I appreciate your honesty no very problem. much. Thank you. No problem. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, okay, good. let's go Bye -bye. right to the phone and hit uh, number uh, Alan. How about Alan? Number three. There you go. Thanks. Alan, how are you doing? And there's yeah. two Alans. So this Where is Alan's. You? There you? you are. Hi. Hi. What can I do for you? Hello. Uh, I'm calling. I have a question about I am a new business owner. Uh, I filed, got licensed, made it all legal. It was February of this, uh, of 20. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking to do the PPP because, you know, this has really ravaged me and I don't know how to go about it. How do I do that? I don't, I don't honestly think you qualify because most of the PPPs are looking for people that were actually in 
business. I mean, you don't have any history. So they're looking at 2019 and comparing it to 2020. Okay. If you didn't start till February of 20, I'm not sure. I may maybe again, someone listening may know the answer, but I don't think there's a lot of, um, I think there is something I read that something about using first quarter and comparing it to second or third to see if it's a, a growth, but they don't have any way of knowing that you would have succeeded or not. So I'm not, Right off the top of my head, Alan, I don't think you you can apply for the PPP. Let me ask no you this on that. Yeah. Now, yes. at the beginning, I told you I made it, you know, I got it legally started in 20. Well, mm -hmm. and since 2013 is when I actually started as subcontracting. And that's, you know, it's been Cornell Construction since 2013. And it's just up till 20s when I got it started. Does that matter or... Well, it could. I mean, if you've been filing taxes every year, Alan, as a self-employed contractor, year. then you would have some history uh, on it that you might yeah, be able I'm, to show that it was the same company that you just went from a sole proprietorship to an LLC or something. Um, that would be exactly a more logical approach. That's exactly how I did it. Like you said right then, self-proprietor yeah. to an LLC. I think it, you might need to get one of those specialists that work for like Lindo or, or, you know, if you have a banker or something, but I do believe you would be able to do something. Yes, sir. Okay. Do you know what like the forms would be or anything? Or Well, you're basically going to need to have financial up. statements and a, 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 you're going to need copies of your schedule C for 2019. And then yeah. um, if you went to a single member LLC, then it would be the same from the federal. It'd still be, a Schedule C on your 2020, so they could use those two to do the comparison. All right. And All right. then I just go what to the IRS website? Oh or no, no, the euro apply this right through your bank or through like QuickBooks or Lindo or um, there's all oh, kinds. Okay. Just Google PPP loan, and you have okay. a ton of lenders. QuickBooks. Okay, thank you very much. That's what Thanks. I was on. Okay. Appreciate it. All right, let's see if we can hit a couple more. We'll have to take a break. Let's go to Bob. He's been on for eight hour, uh, eight minutes. Hey, Bob. Yes, Bob, Dr. you there? Friday? Yes. Hey, what can I do for you? Uh, you were talking about uh, the step inheritance? Up in uh, inheritance while ago, and I didn't catch all of it. Sure. Here's my situation. Uh, our mother died in October, and we were going to wait and sell her house this spring. But would it be better to set it now? Well, I mean, not knowing what the current administration is going to do, because we're all wondering what that is. I don't believe they're going to backdate any tax laws. I think it would be something that probably would come in effect in 2022. That is a guess, though. But right now, under the law that we know, if you were to get the whatever the house was worth on October 20th or the, uh, October 2020 when your mom passed away, for example, let's just say her home was worth $100,000, then if you sold it for $100,000, you would have zero tax due under the current yeah. tax law. Um, yeah. I just don't, I mean, just as the gentleman that called earlier, there's a lot of talk in Washington of changing tax laws. And so there's no guarantee how long and I mean, theoretically, we have seen them backdate um, tax law. So, yeah. yeah. So the question is, I mean, again, financially, it may be better to wait to the spring, probably a better time to sell something. But if, if, if it's a question that we know right now, if you sell it while it's still under the current tax law, they can't make you do something that doesn't exist. Right. So, all you right. know, as a tax person, I'm thinking maybe you should do it sooner versus later if it's at all possible. 
Okay, well, I think that we can work it out. Yeah, something uh, to think I about. Sure appreciate you, your time. No problem. Thanks, Bob. I appreciate you. you. All right, let's see if we can hit Alan, um, number two, real quick, if we can. Cool. Hey, Alan. Yeah, thanks for taking my call. Uh, yeah, the reason I was calling is uh, my wife uh, was on unemployment during the uh, summertime, and uh, we're getting ready to do our taxes. We haven't got anything in the mail. Will we get right. something in the mail referring to her uh, unemployment that I need before I file my taxes? Yes, sir. There is a form called a 1099-G is in good. Um, and the, according to their website, they weren't going to get those out until as late as February 2nd, which is around the corner now. But um, So okay. you're going to need to probably wait until you receive that form or next week call yeah. them and see if they can give you the information. Because she said they held taxes out on her. Right. So, and a lot of people, they did. A lot of people chose that. So you're going to need that form to know how much came out in taxes and what, what did they show as the total gross income? Will you get a refund on that if they sell that? Absolutely. Yes, sir. If it, if it applies, yes. Okay. Well, okay. So we, we'll wait for that tax form before we do our taxes. Smart man. That's the right Good thing. Good deal. I think you do. Okay. Well, thanks for your help on that. Appreciate no problem. Bye now. Thanks. All right, let's hit Brian, and then we take a break, and it'll be a real short one, but go for it. Hey, Brian. Hey, my wife is worried. I'm not, but um, <laughs> had a good year, 2019. 2020 got hit with that COVID, and then uh, I ripped my shoulder and all that. So instead of me making, let's say, roughly 55, 60,000, I made about less than 17, and she's afraid I'm going to get audited. You know what? I think if any year people show a loss of income, if they're going to audit you, Brian, they're going to audit a heck of a lot of people because I have a lot of people that were directly affected by COVID and their income has gone way down. Um, so okay. I honestly do not think it's going to be something that's going to trigger an initial audit. Normally, I'm not going to disagree with your wife. I like consistency to a point. If most of us all earn roughly the same amount of money, self-employed people go up and down all the time. But the drastic difference that a lot of people had in 2020, I think you're going to see that across the board. All right. So I think she'll be good. Okay. Yeah, you got it, buddy. Bye. Thanks. All right, let's take a quick break and we get back. Um, we only have a few minutes, but you can join the show, 615-737-9986. We'll be right back. All righty, we are back here live in studio, and we're going to try to get right to the phone line because we only have a little less than three minutes to get these two calls. So let's see if we can get Roger first. Hey, Roger, what do you have? Yes, ma'am. Uh, I bought a house. Uh, it's my son's house, but the mortgage is in my name. And we are about to, we're refinancing. And we're going to take some cash out. And if I just take that check and turn it over to him, is he going to have any tax liability? Well, if you're taking cash out, it's actually a loan. Right. I mean, it's secured against the property, but that money would be really money that's being loaned. And if he's paying it back, if he's going to take that money and make the monthly mortgage payment on it, in theory, he's paying and he can prove he paid for that home um, if it's ever questioned. I mean, you know, it sounds like more like you're securing it because maybe your credit's better or assets are better or whatever comes of that conversation. Yeah. Uh, but all in well, all, he makes, it's, he makes all the mortgage payments. Right. And so that shouldn't be a problem at all because it's really more a security that you've put your name on that loan 
than it is um, you, you're not really gifting the money to him. It's not like you're taking it from your bank account and giving it to him. This is a loan that's being paid and he's paying that back with interest to that bank. So in essence, it shouldn't be a problem. No, sir. Okay. He's, he's, he's going to do some improvements. So he's going to improve that property on the house. And then eventually he may be able to get enough equity where he can refinance it himself. Or you can make sure that at the time of your passing that the house is titled to him. But if I just if I just cut him a check for the the amount, there shouldn't be a problem, correct? No, sir. Yeah, it shouldn't okay. be a problem at all. Nope. Okay. All righty. I appreciate your help. Hey, no problem. Thank you. All right, Have let's go to Jim day. real quick. Thank you, Roger. Hey, Jim, what's happening? I called about the Irma, and I just had a quick question. So sure. if I don't respond to them at all because I've already sent them one letter and they rejected it, I'm not going to be penalized or anything from them, am I anymore? No more than when you're already in penalty. So no. I just don't don't trust the government. So I just thought I'd throw that out. Yeah. See if there's some kind of rule they're going to come back and nail me for some more. You know what I mean? No, no. You're you're at what it is, and like I said, then you'll be fine after that. Yes, sir. Thank you again. Thanks, man. No problem. Bye -bye. Thank you. Okay, guys, that's pretty much the end of phone calls because it's almost the end of the show. So I just want to make sure before we get into the, the closing stuff that everybody, when you're getting ready to prepare your taxes, just as the one gentleman called a little earlier, make sure you're not forgetting forms. I mean, especially that 1099G. I know I have at least three returns on hold because they haven't received it. So don't rush to file because again, the IRS is not processing loans. I mean, loans, tax returns until February 12th. So even if you're doing it with H&R Block or any of the other companies and they allow you to send it, unless you're getting a loan through them, it's really not going to come any faster. Take the time, make sure that everything you have is in there and it's done correctly so you're not looking over your shoulder or having to file amended returns because you're like, oh, now I got something and it's already you know, mid-February. So just take your time, make sure the taxes are done correctly so you don't have to do amended return and, and make sure again, especially if it's seniors or children that are over the age of 17, Last year we had some problems because some of those kids got stimulus because they filed non-filer returns and it created quite a problem. So check with your kids, see what you got going. All right, I hear my music. So here we go. Phone number if you want to reach me on Monday morning, 615-367-0819. Email Friday at drfriday.com. Just like the day of the week, F-R-I-D-A-Y at drfriday.com. Or you can check out on the web at drfriday.com again d-r-f-r-i-d-a-y.com you can set up a tax appointment if you don't see anything on the uh, internet then give me a call again and we'll see what we can do to help you we're getting pretty full here so i hope you guys have a wonderful saturday thank you so much for participating in the show and we're going to be live again next saturday to take your questions and talk about tax issues talk to you later